This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app. You're listening to Fresh FM. My name's Matt, and I'm joined very luckily in the studio today by Chris Watson. He's here uh, representing the Nelson Film Society. Kia ora, Chris. Kia ora, Matt. Uh, very good to see you again today, and uh, yeah. possibly for the last time in the year. <laughs> yes. Right. We're back from a very wet week in Wellington. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, uh, cold. Cold as too. well, and yeah. It's lovely to be home. Uh, Okay, so how did the screening last night of The Murderer Lives at 21 go? And uh, did you manage to fit everyone in? Yep, we did. Um, the limit was 100. But um, social spacing between the bubbles is required, of course. And quite a few of our people have booked single tickets. And that meant a gap on either side. So we couldn't quite get into the full number of 100. And we squeezed in just under 90 people. Uh, but we think we got just about all who wish to come to that film. Okay, cool. And what do you think uh, the response was? Did people uh, think it was okay? Yep, they seemed to enjoy it. Um, it received one of our rare rounds of applause at the end. That's a good sign. Yeah. Uh, it was actually a pretty old-fashioned movie made in 1943, and it was based very much on witty dialogue uh, more than action, although right. a few people got killed very discreetly, <laughs> nice. uh, not like modern bloody movies. It was a valuable reminder of the style of the time right mm. it, it was quite interesting talking to Ellie about it last week and I it was interesting because I was asking her about um, things that became obvious in her reading that there were some subtle sort of digs at the Nazi occupation yeah, I know I, I listened to your talk that I couldn't spot ah. them there were there was one reference to it being a single killing and not a massacre and I thought right. well that could have been a dig but I couldn't pick the others. Oh. Um, yeah, Maybe they I'm, were I'm subtle to, uh, to a uh, point uh, of... You know. <laughs> yeah, I'll send Ellie an email and say, no, <laughs> tell me which ones I missed. Uh, excellent, excellent. So uh, your next film, The Last of the Season, and you've chosen a classic romantic fiction uh, from 10 years after last week's film. Um, it is a famous romantic fiction, isn't it? Yep, you're so right. Um, Roman Holiday, it's called. It's a cheerful post-war movie set in Rome, which is recovering from a very torrid time. Um, if anyone saw Two Sisters, I've forgotten the Italian name, in the festival recently, you can see just how bad it could be in Italy during the war. But now they're celebrating with... Uh, joyful hedonism a new era of fun um, it stars two great actors uh, their chemistry is obvious they really got on well um, Cary Grant was an established star but he was eclipsed by a newcomer in her first Hollywood role she's beautiful Audrey Hepburn she steals the show Mm. and he doesn't actually mind uh, he doesn't look grumpy about it in the picture or in real life, they were friends apparently forever. Um, and 
Audrey in her first American movie won the Oscar for the best actor. Wow. So if you don't uh, know, can you tell us what is the film about? Well, Audrey Hepburn plays a princess, Princess Anne, actually. Hmm. (laughs) She comes from an undisclosed European kingdom. She's in Rome on diplomatic business of some sort. And she becomes very restless under the control of her government servants um, to such an extent that she becomes hysterical. (laughs) And then she's subdued by the group's doctor. He gives her a shot of sedative, which leaves her somewhat befuddled. But she escapes and stumbles into Rome. Uh, Sounds like it could have been very dangerous. Yeah, but it might have been if it wasn't a romantic (laughs) comedy. But there was no problem for her. She bumped into Gregory Peck. Now, he happens to be a reporter for an American magazine, and he's preparing an article on the new city. He is in Rome. Uh, with a cameraman and available just for any useful shots. (laughs) Anyway, Princess Anne bumps into him and Joe, uh, that's Gregory Peck's name, feels duty-bound to look after her and he takes her back to his flat to sleep it off. (laughs) Okay, yeah, so does it get steamy at this stage? No, not at all. Um, Joe is honourable, at (laughs) least when it comes to taking advantage of her in that sort of way. Yep. However, once he realises her identity, he thinks it would make a great scoop for the, you know, prurient gossipy news scene. And with his photographer, a guy called Irvin, who's quite funny, actually, he and Princess Anne take in the town. They do the tourist thing. All right. So is that all there is to it? Oh, no, not at all. Um, As it happens, historically, the film is wonderfully appropriate for the year, which is 1953. Italy is moving into a prosperous period. Uh, War damage factories are being rebuilt. I mean, we don't see that happening, but we see the cars and especially the mini motorbikes, the Vespers and Lambrettas. (laughs) There's one you can see outside the cafe in Nelson. They were fashionable and all the rage and wages were going up. Um, The unions were very powerful at this time. Uh, (laughs) It was quite a risk of um, Italy going communist, in fact. And food's plentiful again. Uh, They nearly starved during the war and the Italians loved their food. So um, William Wyler, who's the director, shows Rome at its glamorous best. And it's also happens to be a time that the American middle class have enough money to travel by air, which has been getting cheaper. It's not rock-bottom prices in those days like now, Uh but still, they could fly to Europe. And the northern European working class, the people in Britain and Norway, Sweden and so on, they had enough money now to travel by train or cheapest of all by bus. So mass tourism is about to begin. And where better to go than to Rome? So this was one heck of a powerful um, tourist promotion. <laughs> All right. So Wyler seems a bit unlikely as a director because didn't he make uh, big, grand, expensive films, Ben-Hur and The Best Years of Our Lives? Yes, that's right. Um, a romantic comedy was a new challenge for Wyler. <laughs> yeah. But he, he really rose to the occasion magnificently. Actually, the first choice of the studio had been Frank Capra as director, but the writer of the brilliant screenplay was Dalton Trumbo, who had to operate under the pseudonym Ian McClellan because he'd been blacklisted by Hollywood. 
um, and you remember the notorious McCarthy trials? Right. He refused to testify, and that got him blacklisted. Um, Capra, who they'd asked to do the film, backed out because of this. But Wyler had no such compunctions. Uh, he directed a few others, actually, that had had somebody uh, in conflict with the McCarthyite <laughs> period. Anyway, the screenplay that uh, Dalton Trumbo wrote was so good, it also won the Oscar. Um, wow. It was the best in the films of 1953. However, he didn't actually get the Oscar given to him until 40 years later. Wow, that's crazy. It took that long for Hollywood to forgive them. That's crazy. So the story of a mysterious princess is a bit of a regular one throughout history, isn't it? Yeah, it goes back centuries. You can think of loads of them, really. Um, Even Cinderella is the same theme, only in reverse. And do you remember, if you've watched the Crown series, that Princess Margaret, along with Elizabeth, um, yeah. sort of escaped on the eve of victory in Europe to Rome. Yep. <laughs> uh, ROA, more or yeah. less, free <laughs> yeah. in London. Yeah. Uh, and it was, you, you saw it in the Netflix series. And, of course, Princess Diana's life met its tragic end as she drove away with her commoner. Yeah. Um, these stories. And there are other films made like it, too, um, yeah. some of them in deliberate tribute. Wow, okay. So it sounds like you're going to have uh, possibly more people wanting to see the film than you've got room for. Ah, indeed. Um, We're very conscious that many more of our members would want to see Roman Holiday than the cap of 100 would allow for in a single screening. So for the first time, we're going to see if two screenings will be supported. Wow. So the online booking system is going to list one at 6 o'clock as usual and a second after 8 o'clock. Um, the exact time will be on the website. Yep. We've got to make sure that the two audiences, those who are leaving and the new lot who are coming, don't meet each other in the foyer. Sure. We've got to keep the spacing. Yep. And it's our last screening. Uh, normally, we would have had um, free refreshments and a buffet, which the <laughs> committee normally made. Yeah. Uh, we can't offer food because that's too complicated under the conditions, but the beverages will be free. Oh, right. So you get a glass of wine or beer or yep. lemonade. Yep. Um, you can take the masks off to drink or eat a packet of nuts or something if yep. you had to buy those actually sure um but you got to put the mask back on during the screening okay all right it sounds like you know fairly standard uh covid level two delta uh restrictions so yep yep but um yeah as uh i mentioned when i spoke to ash from state cinemas i went to state the other night and it was really well run and Mm. controlled and i'm imagining that you guys have got it down pat as well yeah we did very well last night we kept our crowd um going in the 15 minutes later so they didn't meet the Italian Film Festival people coming out Sure, and there was no conflict it was good. Brilliant, brilliant um, well Chris it's been uh, another year of the Nelson Film Society hard to believe that it's wrapped up, it's been another strange year you've had a couple mm. now uh, where things haven't quite gone to plan we've lost three films yes yeah. but they've not gone completely we're going to try very hard to fit them back in, Z is one that a lot of people lamented so we do our best to get it back next year okay and we got a waiting list because during these small audience times uh, but we hope we can bring them 
on uh, when we reopen sure. next March. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm looking forward to coming here perhaps in February and telling you what's planned for the new year. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, we will look forward to seeing you again. Now, if you want more details, want to know a bit more about Roman Holiday, uh, you can go to the website, which is nelsonfilmsociety.co.nz. I think just Google Nelson Film Society. And uh, links go through State Cinemas to the Suter link. That's right. To get but your tickets. If you're a member, of if course. you're yeah. a member, yes, yes. yes. We're, we're sorry that we have not been able to handle guests easily during COVID, but we will, we hope, next year. God willing. Fingers crossed. Hey, thank you. It's been uh, really nice to have you on board again this year for the Nelson Film Society. And yeah, look forward to kicking it off again next year. Happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. That's terrifying. <laughs> See you, Chris. Goodbye. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.